0: Welcome to Sportspeak KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, February 11th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Royals are less than a couple of weeks away from full squad spring training, but they made a big move late Wednesday. As part of a three-team deal, the Royals acquired left fielder Andrew Benetendi from the Boston Red Sox. The Royals sent Francie Cordero to Boston and Khalil Lee to the New York Mets. Benatendi, who bats and throws left-handed, slides into the Alex Gordon position. Benatendi is 26 years old, the same age that Alex Gordon was when he moved to left field from third base. Benatendi has some good years with the Red Sox. He was runner-up in the AL Rookie of the Year voting in 2016, and in the 2018 World Series championship year, he hit 290 and scored 103 runs. On today's show, you'll hear from Ben and Royals general manager Dayton Moore. That'll come after a break. Out of the gate, we're talking to Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy, who breaks down the trade and how this impacts the Royals. Okay, Lynn Worthy, um, it's not every day that the, the Royals add a starting outfielder to their lineup, but today's one of those days. It, it happened and it actually happened uh, last night. You and I were recording this on on Thursday morning and the um the news broke on Wednesday evening. I was in fact I was watching Missouri's basketball game against Ole Miss and started getting alerts that the Royals had acquired or in in, in a three team trade with the Mets and the Red Sox, uh Red Sox left fielder Andrew Benetendi. Um this not a it's not a complete surprise um and to be and, and, and to use a terrible pun, it didn't come out of left field, did it?
1: Well, I'll say this: There's nothing. um, Nothing says baseball season like that. Uh, The the negative uh, temperatures with the wind chill we've had this last week, and then a um, a good old three team trade on the eve of spring training. That's that's how you know it's about time to play ball. Um, (laughs) And uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was not a surprise that um, the Royals had. You know, they'd more have been pretty. you know, open about the fact that they were looking at um, somebody left-handed bat for the outfield. Um, you know, they had, uh, I'm told they had, um, you know, been interested in, you know, jerks and profar, which was one of those things that had been reported and talked about earlier in the uh, off season. But, um, you know, Benintendi, it was obviously, you know, with this trade was, is their guy. He's, he pencils right in as the, the, the left fielder to, fill the shoes of Alex Gordon. Um, He's a guy who's only 26 years old. has been on a world championship team, um, had 20 home runs in big leagues. Uh, He's been a 20 home run, 20 stolen base guy. Actually, I don't think he's done those two in the same season, but he's had both seasons of 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases. Um, And uh, one of the, he has been at times, one of the better defensive uh, left fielders. Um, I think in, his first full year starting was 2017, so 2017 through 2019, those three years, defensive run saved according to Fran graphs uh, for left fielders, he ranks behind just Alex Gordon as far as uh, defenders in left field. So, um, yeah, it wasn't um, it wasn't a surprise that they were looking for this type of guy. I guess maybe the surprise is that they were able to pull this off.
0: Yeah, uh, and as you said, I left-handed bat, and and of course. Um you know, replacing Alex Gordon. Up until last night, we were looking at Franchi French Cordero as that guy, and so the Royals part ways with him. Um, what are they losing by uh, by, by trading away Francie Cordero and Khalil Lee? I might add. So let's let's talk about those two players that the Royals have given up in this deal. Let's start with uh, with Francie.
1: Yeah, this is um, this is you know, in totality, it's really a. Um, trading potential future for present. I mean, you talk about um, Cordero was a guy that they really liked. Um, he's one of those guys that, you know, as they say, a lot of tools. I mean, like he's, he had speed, he had athleticism, he had power. Um, he just was one of those guys who hadn't put it together yet because, um, you know, he'd had a lot of injury issues, but the physical gifts were there. I mean, and that's one of the things that I think the Red Sox uh, uh, were drawn to about him is the physical gifts are there. If he can stay healthy and be a little more consistent. But, um, I mean, power wise, uh, he had that two home run game at late the end of last season. And you heard Royals people talking about in, you know, the alternate site and batting practice and stuff like that. He was, he was showing off power that was, you know, Solaire type power. Um, but again, he hadn't put it all together. Um, a guy that they had really been interested in while he was with the Padres for a while, finally got him last summer, you know, so he spent, you know, less than a full year in the organization because that trade was pulled off in July, but he was looking like the everyday left fielder. Um, he's, I think he's really not that far off age wise from Ben Intendi. Just hasn't had that, that experience in the big leagues because he hasn't stayed healthy. Um, but there's potential uh, potential there, you know, just um, real big upside type guy. And then Khalil Lee, was, you know, former third round pick, a guy that they liked a lot, the guy that they, you know, we're thinking might be knocking on the door to the big leagues this year. Um, just a matter of with him, how consistent he would be. But he'd been, you know, I think their double-A player of the year. Um, two years ago, the last year we had a full season. Last year he's a guy who probably would have been in double-A. Um, you know, uh, he stole, I want to say it was 53 bases um, his last full season in the minors. Um it sort of flies a little bit under the radar because Nick Heath led the minors and had sixty, but Khalil Lee had like fifty three, if I remember right. Um, it was a guy that they thought maybe maybe a center fielder, maybe a corner guy, a good athlete. Uh, it was he actually was a pitcher as well in high school? I mean, this is all around athlete guy. They thought his power was just starting to develop. He spent some time in big league camp last year, so they, I mean, they, these are two guys that they thought you know could really develop into um, you know big leaguers. But again, like I say. It was the potential of something versus having that bird in the hand with Ben Benintendi, a guy who uh, had been proven, a guy who had been, um, you know, a contributor for a championship team, um, a guy who had been a good on-base guy, which, you know, depending on what you strides, you assume that Lee and uh, Cordero make might have been their, their shortfall because they're sort of free swinger guys, guys whose strikeout numbers can get kind of high um Ben Intendi while his last year full season in 2019 his strikeouts went up a little bit but you know overall he's still a you know 270 275 hitter on base upwards of 350 slugging you know is not a big home run hitter but i mean you know the slugging percentage was in that 4 430 to 470 460 range so i mean um, he's more of a proven guy who's done it at the big league level
0: and a doubles machine, I heard Dayton Moore call him last night using the spacious uh, alleys of, of Kauffman Stadium, fully expects him to be that sort of you know, hitter at uh, at Kauffman Stadium. And he loves Kauffman Stadium, does he not?
1: Yeah, he, he's 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 done well. I mean, it's been a short, small uh, sample size, but he's done really well. Uh, I'm interested to talk to him. We'll get the chance to talk to him soon um, just to see, because I think sort of the narrative just from you know, the things you read and you, you um, listen to some of the talk out of Boston was that his last full season 2019, that maybe his swing started to get a little bit big and he started falling into some of that launch angle stuff. And um, so his, that was where his strikeouts jumped up about uh, from like uh 106 to 140 um, in fewer plate appearances in 2019. And his uh, home run numbers have actually gone down from 20 his first full season to 13 in 2019. Now, to me, the the those numbers aren't huge differences, but there is a difference there. So it'd be interested. That's why I'm interested to see if he actually made a difference in approach. I mean, I know sometimes Fenway Park or the Green Monster can cause guys to maybe change their approach, but um, as Dayton had talked about, if he uses the middle of the field and drives the gaps and you know they're looking at him as a forty double guy, and you know, and obviously he's got speed. Um, there's been you know reports that he was focused more on being more athletic this off season that maybe he might have got a little away from that a little bit. So again, that's why I'm interested to hear what, what he has to say about that. But I mean, his production has been you know um, solid. I mean, this was a guy that you know they won that World Series in 2018. That outfield of Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Andrew Benintendi was you know their teams just dying to have that type of a group out there, all young guys, athletic, like, you know, the, the phrase gets used a lot, I guess probably now anytime you got athletic outfielders, but the idea of having three guys who could be center fielders, that type of thing. So, um, that's, I mean, it's, it's not a, a run of the mill move as far as them getting him and, you know, he's under control for this year and next year. Um, was able to verify that the, the Red Sox sent 2.8 million is the cash considerations of that deal. And Ben Attendee is making 6.6 this year. So it's like a three eight should never do math on the air, but I think it's three eight is what's left over. Um, yeah. The Royals will be paying for him this year. So about 4 million they're paying for him this year um, uh, to, you know, ideally put up the type of numbers that he's put up in the past. I mean, that's, that's a that's a pretty good bargain there.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, you, you, you mentioned his defense. He had the uh, the play of the 2018 ALCS right against the the Houston Astros. One diving catch with the bases loaded in the ninth to to end the game. If he misses the ball, uh, the Astros win the game likely, and 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 the series is two two instead of three one in favor of Boston. Of course, they went on to win that series and the World Series that year. Um, it also, let's, let's end it on this, Lynn. It, it also speaks to the idea that the Royals are intent on trying to win now and not, and not in 2023 or 24, that this is a, this is a win, win now acquisition.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this off season has been, you know, a, a series of win now acquisitions. When you think about Carlos Santana, Mike Minor. Um, those are guys that um, guys who've been all stars in the recent past veteran guys, guys who you feel like you have, you know, consistently what you're going to get from them as opposed to um, just waiting and seeing on some of these guys, which I think has been sort of, you know, more or less what we've seen in the last couple of years, like these, those hundred lost seasons that they had. A lot of that was. Well, we got to find out about this guy. We got to find out about Hunter Dozier. We got to find out about um, Adalberto Mondesi. We got to get Nicky Lopez time. Then let them, you know, get to the big leagues, get their feet under them, see what type of players are going to be. And while they're doing that, and you know, and there's times that you have to do that. But while you're doing that with that many guys, you're piling up losses. And now, now you're looking at, and as opposed to, you know, well, we'll just See who we can plug in or just write out what we got, and maybe just saying, Okay, well, we'll throw Khalil Lee out there and he'll learn on the job. I'm like, no, no, they went and got Andrew Benintendi, a, a proven guy, and he's going to be out there as opposed to saying, Well, we'll still stick it out with, you know, um, O'Hearn, McBroom, and whatever else, maybe at first base. Said, no, you're going to bring in Carlos Santana, put Dozier over at third. Um, and the, and the finances are obviously part of that too, but I mean, I think one of the things that I keep sticking out to me in my mind is just, you know, um, and we talked about a little bit when they decided to non tender Franco, but, um, Franco was obviously productive for them at third base. Um, but my understanding was, that he was looking for like 9 million. Um, and if you think, if you take that number and you say, well, they got Carlos Santana for 7 million in the first year of his deal, and then they're going to get, you know, um, you know, Michael Taylor, we're not sure what he's going to turn out to be, but basically, they got two guys who are probably starters, who are veteran, who sort of established for what they could have maybe played. Paid Franco, and you know, so again, the finances pay, play a big role in this, but they're trying to maximize money, maximize experience, and not be waiting on young guys to see what they can pan out to be and also win at the same time. So they're balancing a bunch of things. Right now, on paper, it looks like they've balanced it pretty well. We'll see once they, you know, hit the field, what it looks like.
0: Yep, absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, you'll hear from uh, Andrew Benatendi and uh, Royals General Manager Dayton Moore. Lynn, thanks for stopping by and chatting. No problem. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.
1: First thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, I know there had been at least from the, the Boston then some, some rumors that maybe you might be involved in the deal, you know, going back a couple of months, I didn't know for you, was that something you paid attention to um, when this deal came about, how surprising was or wasn't it and what mm-hmm. were your initial reactions coming to Kansas city?
2: Yeah. Um, so obviously a couple of months ago, name was being thrown around. So, uh, I tried not to pay too much attention to it cause there's only so much I can control, you know? So, uh, Yeah. So I just tried to, you know, keep my, you know, focus just on getting ready for the season and, uh, whatever happens, happens. Um, and I actually, I got a call last night from Heimbloom, um, and said that, uh, you're there's a good chance you're going to get traded tonight. So I'll let you know. And, uh, didn't know the team. Um, and then I found out the Royals and extremely excited. I'm from the Midwest. Um, going to a Midwest team. Um, so I'm excited. I'm ready to get there, ready to meet people, um, build those relationships and get going.
1: What, um, and I know you've played here obviously before, come through here with the Red Sox, but what sort of ties, connections do you have with Kansas City? I mean, mm-hmm. um, I just, just looking on paper, and I don't know how close you are with JBJ, but I know he played with wit I think, in college. Right. Um, and then just being not that far away, I didn't know what sort of connections you would had with, you know, Kansas City, Kauffman Stadium, the Royals. Anything.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, um, the first time I was really introduced to Kansas City fans was when I was uh, attending Arkansas uh, in 14 and 15. Um, and obviously that was in the, the peak of those those runs. Um, so was familiar then. Um, Kansas City is honestly in uh, one of my favorite cities, was one of my favorite cities to, to visit. Um, with the barbecue there down in the plaza. So, uh, I mean, I'm excited. Like I said, I mean, if I'm going to sound monotonous, I feel like this whole time, but uh, I'm ready to build those relationships and then get to get things going. What what was
1: the last, um, I mean, obviously you had, you know, the injury and the pandemic shortened year. Um, Mm -hmm. What was
2: 2019, 2020 for you like? Yeah, so uh, 2019, um, 2019 uh, was, honestly going pretty well for me into that last month of the season, uh, had some injuries there that last month didn't have a good month at end 18. And it kind of, I think hurt my overall, um, you know, numbers. Uh, and then last year, obviously, uh, it's unfortunate. The season was obviously the first time we had ever experienced that. So, uh, you know, I played 13 or 14 games and I broke my ribs, uh, which was unfortunate. So, um, Obviously, it's it's tough to swing with some broken ribs, but uh, feeling good now and ready to get going.
1: Did um 2019? I know I I know this has been said and written. I don't know if uh, I wanted to hear what you thought. Um, people were talking maybe that um did you change approach at all? Were you looking to do more power wise? I think people looked at maybe some strikeout numbers and mm-hmm. thought maybe launch angle was a thing. I mean, was that an actual? Sure change for you or was that just you know I mean baseball things change from year to
2: year and you know right no uh there was a there was a an effort from on my end to just try to get the ball in the air more um you know at the time I think that's where the game was um and it might be getting away from that a little bit now but it's, it's it was power so I was trying to go up there and hit for more power and I mean I'm like I'm 5 175 pounds so I, I realized that I'm not going to be up there hitting you know, 30 homers a game and, or 30 homers a year and things like that. But um, yeah, but now I, I kind of understand the player I am, the player I want to be. Um, and I, physically I feel back to where I need to be. Swing feels good. So uh, just putting everything together. Hayden, can you, uh, can you
1: tell us how, how this came together? Was this something that's been in the works for a while? I mean, um, I know you talked about a left-handed bat. So can you sort of walk us through this uh, process?
3: Yeah, sure, Len. Um, yeah, I mean, as you all know, we've been um, just searching and evaluating uh, left-handed bats that we could possibly either acquire in a trade or or free agency, and and um, you know, Scott Sharp had been in, in contact, um, you know, quite a bit with the Red Sox this offseason, and and um, you know, just a matter of you know being able to you know decide on you know the right players uh, and and finally we we came to some you know some agreements and uh, through Scott's tireless work and you know the help of our, our scouts and and coaches and certainly people that are familiar with all the players involved and so it was one of the more um, I would say uh, detailed analysis that we've we've been through in a while because there were just so many different players involved. And, and again, just looking at, you know, all of uh, all of the options that uh, are available. of course, you know, we, we traded um, two really good uh, players in uh, Frenchie Cordero and uh, Khalil Lee, two guys that uh, we like a great deal with, with upside, but, you know, they're just, um, you know, Andrew Benatendi is a, you know, a proven talent at this point in time in his career and, you know, been a part of, uh, you, know, uh, you know, playoffs and and um, he's, uh, you know, a proven winner and uh, gets on base, does a lot of things that, um, you know, you need uh, players to do uh, in your lineup if you're going to win. And so, uh, you know, he fits really well with um, our current group and and a lot of the things that we were able to to execute, you know, this off season.
1: Then do you remember how far back it was you guys started these? Like you said, it was one of the more detailed. I mean, has this been months, weeks? Yeah, it's it's been going on. You know, we've been
3: having discussions about Andrew attendee for for a while, probably over you know the last couple months or so. um, How much does this move fit with just how much you've talked about and Mike's talked about the want to, to win for the current time, but also with, with these guys coming up and wanting to win, how much does this move fit with, with that goal? Yeah, Alec, I think, I think it does. um, It fits perfectly. Um, You know, it's um, you know, we've got, whether it be Jorge Soler, we've talked about in the past, Jorge Soler, Whit Merrifield, uh, you know, Mondesi, Salvador Perez. You know, there's, there's four players right there that can do some special things on a baseball field. And, um, you know, we wanted to, to add to that group. Obviously, we've been able to do that with, with, uh, with Ben Attendee and, and San Carlos Santana. Uh, earlier, Michael Taylor. I mean, there's some guys that can some do some, you know, uh, some special things, you know, on a baseball field. And you know, Hunter Dozier. When you look at what he did in in 2019, um, you know, we we feel that you know he's going to be a lot closer to that player uh, than he was in, in 2020. I mean, there's still a lot of upside in 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 him as well. Um, it allows us to. I think utilize Nikki Lopez in a role that's going to be more meaningful. And um, uh, so he can just settle in, play defense. You know, he doesn't have to worry about, you know, trying to, to do more than he's capable of doing offensively and, and just be a contact guy, work the count, make great plays, bring energy, go first to third. I mean, just I think it just allows us to, to have guys settle in um, in their – you know, current roles and and just, um, you know, be who you need to be
1: for us to win. Dayton, um, along those same lines, like uh, talking about just trying to win immediately, how how much would you say the, um, like John Sherman's influence has had on that, the moves you guys made this offseason looking towards competing right away? Um, Just because, I mean, I think we're all still learning about him, but I mean, knowing what they did in Cleveland and some of the things he said when he first took over, the, the idea of competing every year was something that I know he spoke about and seemed like that would, had been sort of his M.O. Was that How much of that influences on uh, what you guys have done this offseason?
3: Well, I mean, John obviously has, you know, a, a huge amount of influence, um, you know. But, you know, we've, Lynn, we, we've worked every single year to, to win. And, um, you know, we've never not tried to put the best team we can on the field Uh, with the resources that we have, the opportunities available to us, knowing full well that we have to transition young players to the major leagues. I mean, so, you know, one of the the interesting things about this move today is we've got to to work um, diligently to acquire a talent like Andrew Benatendi, who's making some money, um, who is uh, entering the prime years of his career, He's a proven, productive major league player. Uh, Those players, as I said, are usually, um, you know, more expensive. Um, And then we have to utilize our farm system uh, as well to acquire that type of talent. So we're paying in multiple ways uh, to obtain a a talent like Andrew Benatendi. And, um, you know, so, you know, we've got to, Uh, time things in a way that uh, can blend all these different talents and resources together uh, to put a a winning team on the field. And of course we want to do it on uh, at a sustained level as we've talked about, but I mean, we, we don't, we don't really compare ourselves to anybody else. I mean um, this is a winning culture. Uh, We have a terrific manager. We have a, Uh, an unbelievable fan base that expects us to uh, put a a competitive team on the field. Uh, You know, we've won world championships. We've been to back to back world series. And we've proven as a group that, you know, we can uh, accomplish some very special and unique things. And uh, but John's influence uh, is is certainly important. I mean, as as all owners are on a major league baseball team, but uh, you know, we're we're John is is very engaged. Uh, he asks great questions. Um, he's constantly uh, asking how he can help and what we need to do to get better. Um, and so it's it's great to have that type of support. Um, But again, I mean, we, we got to, we just focus on what we do and not what anybody else has done or or done in the past. And, um, you know, we've, we've we've got a group over here. That's got a lot of, uh, you know, had a lot of success, not only here, but other places.
1: Yeah. I think, I think I was um, more so just talking about the idea of, you know, giving up some guys that maybe could have been pieces in the future for a guy who's piece right now. Um, Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a
3: good question. And, you know, John and I talked about that during this, this process. And as you know, JJ and Lonnie and Scott and Renee, and you know, we all kind of, you know, unpack this as well, because, you know, anytime, as you know, Lynn, um, you're, you're trading young players that uh, can potentially be a part of the future, even though that they're, they're unproven uh, you know, it's, it, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's not the easiest thing to do because, um, you know, you know, our market, um, our philosophy, relies on young players, and um, you know, growing our own talent. But as you know, we have to utilize some of that young talent that we've drafted. Signed and developed to acquire, you know, talents like Andrew Benatendi, and so we're not going to hesitate to do that, uh, you know, whenever it makes sense. But you know, when you when we you know we brought in Mikey Miner, brought in Carlos Santana, Michael Taylor, re-signed Greg Holland, blending those acquisitions, those talents in with Whip Merrifield and Jorge Soler and Salvador Perez and. Mondesi and Dozier and and uh, you know a, a guy like um, Nicky Lopez who I mentioned before, um, you know I just think that uh, it made a lot of sense for us to go ahead and try to execute this deal. And you know as an organization, you know we were all feeling um, this was the right move for us. It certainly makes us a lot better uh, today, and that's what it's you know that's what it's all about.
0: That'll do it for today, thanks to our SportsBeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. That's up to cap to Lynn Worthy for stopping by and talking Royals. Hey, we have another deal for you. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews $5.99 a month unless you cancel. So how do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the e-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe and... If you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, bkirkhoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.